Hey, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. GimKit quickly became a favorite of mine back when I was in the classroom. If you're new to the podcast, I wanted to let you know that I'm sharing conversations with designers who specialize in learning products and ed tech. I'm thrilled because I have some guests lined up from some of the most widely used ed tech tools in K-12 classrooms, including UX designers, researchers, and creators from Smart Technologies, Nearpod, Wakelet, Pixar in a Box, and Google Classroom. Definitely subscribe so you don't miss any of these. And maybe you're like me and you have a love for students, a passion for ed tech, and a design thinking mindset. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at UX underscore ed tech. Also, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps with others finding the show. So thanks a lot. Now let's get on to GimKit. Welcome to the UX of EdTech podcast, an exploration of user experience in the EdTech space. I'm your host, Alicia Kwan, and I look forward to learning with you today. Today's guests are extra special because they are responsible for a game that quickly became one of my students' favorites back when I was in the classroom, and that's GimKit. It's a live quiz learning game, but when I first heard of GimKit, it was described as basically Kahoot on steroids. So I was definitely like, okay, let me check this out. What is this about? And for any teacher who's experienced the magic of Kahoot and the way it absolutely takes over a classroom, I'm sure you would also be intrigued as well. So spoiler alert, GimKit does not disappoint. And so I have here two people from GimKit. I have Josh Feinsilver, the founder who conceptualized and began building GimKit while he was still in high school. And I also have Jeff Osborne, the co-founder of GimKit, who's helped develop their business strategy and long-term operations and really helped GimKit get off the ground to so many classrooms the past several years. So I'm going to let them tell their story, but welcome to the show, Josh and Jeff. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you guys. And, and again, just having had personally touched the, the products that you guys work on with my students from um, previous, my previous work as a middle school teacher, just really excited to kind of hear more behind the scenes and how you guys kind of came together and what you're working on. So um, Josh, I, I know that you've said that you built GimKit to be the game that you would want to play in class. Can we just dive into the story of how you got started on building this? How was GimKit started? Well, I'd say it starts in middle, middle school, first year of high school. And at that time, I was pretty unengaged as a student. I was not having that much fun in school. I was constantly bored. Like I was challenged, but I was bored. And I'd kind of just like fool around. I just wasn't too interested in what was going on in class. And one of the few times I was engaged was when we played games in class. So when we played Kahoot and Quizlet Live, those are the two games my teachers played. So those games really got me engaged in, in learning. Anyway, so that was my experience in like middle and my first year of high school. And then starting with my 10th grade year, a new high school opened up in my district, which is basically the opposite of traditional school. It's a project-based learning school 
and at that school there's no there's no grades there's no classes there's no tests there's no set curriculum we call teachers by their first names like anything you can think of traditional school it's practically the opposite but uh what attracted me to this school was the fact that i could actually uh, do my schoolwork in a way that was applicable to me like i could focus on things that i was interested in so i went to the school and that first year there i was learning to become an engineer I just recently started coding the summer before, and I'd done a lot of small projects throughout that entire first year at that new high school. And I was reaching the end of my first year there, and I wanted to work on something that would really challenge me as an engineer. So I decided to go ahead and make some sort of product. I didn't really know what it was going to be. Uh, but as I thought more, I wanted to make something that I would actually want to use. And so I thought back to, to school, traditional school, where I loved playing those games and decided to make one of my own. So that's how it first got started. Did it ever occur to you, maybe this would be difficult, you know, to make a game that would actually be used by teachers? Were you thinking just like in-house, like, okay, this is something that, you know, my school could use? Or were you thinking like big, like I want lots of schools to use this? I, I wouldn't say I was even thinking too much about other people using it. I mean, it like for me, it was just a learning experience to gain some more engineering skills and it was just from going through the process of making a product. Now, obviously, I wanted it to be a, a product that would actually be effective. But for me, like the learning experience was more about actually uh, gaining those engineering skills. But what my, what my school had me go through and what they have students do for all their projects is go through a process called uh, design thinking. And that starts with understanding the problem, like empathize is the, is the stage. And so you learn more about what people are currently facing problems with. So I had my own ideas about what I didn't like about Kahoot and Quizlet Live. Um, but my school had me go and talk to other students, talk to other teachers, kind of find their pain points. So I did that for about a month, maybe, just asking them, going through that interview stage. And so from that process, I gathered more information about kind of what folks were struggling with with the existing games. And that helped me put together and design the initial first concept of the game. But I mean, in the, in the initial development, it was more for me about like, uh, pay, you know, can I gain some more engineering skills more than like, can I make it a, uh, actual viable product? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, I mean, basically it was your project to learn right in your engineering. And then you kind of, I'm assuming it kind of naturally went to the next level. Um, how did it basically progress from there? And then how did Jeff, Jeff get involved? I'm curious how, how you guys met up and how he became involved on the team. Yeah, I'll pass it off to Jeff in a second because that would that'd be a great uh, thing for him to pick up on. But I finished the first version. It was super bare bones. And I shared it on two sites. One was Product Hunt, which is kind of a site where when you make new products, you can share it and get some feedback, mainly from like the tech community. And then I shared it on a teacher's subreddit. Those are the only two places. Jeff found me a product hunt, and that's how we got connected. And I think I think that's where I'll, I'll pass it off to him. Yep, yep. That, thanks, Josh. Um, that's uh, that's totally right. I first uh, heard about GimKit. It was called uh, Gimlet at the time on on Product Hunt, um, and at that time, uh, I was um, uh, looking at Product Hunt daily just um, to get a sense of uh, product development and startups and cool ideas people were working on. And um, uh, 
trying to be more involved in, in that community in the ideation um, process. Uh, at the time, um, I was consulting with startups and small businesses. Uh, my background is in marketing, and uh, the consulting work I was doing was, uh, you know, marketing, but also um, sort of launch phase strategy for um, for, for products, and then uh, work work with uh, some small businesses um, in the Seattle area as well. Um, and when I came across um, GimKit, again, it was uh, Gimlet at the time on Product Hunt. When I when I came across it, uh, the thing that stuck out to me, um, in addition to being created by a high school student, um, was just the um, uh, how uh, fun and exciting and clearly authentic it was. Uh, it, uh, education and ed tech was something totally unknown to me. Um, but as a father of uh, just one young child at the time, now I have two young kids, um, I was getting more and more interested in education and uh, looking at that as an area where um, I, I wanted to sort of take my career, uh, my background, um, you know, being working with small businesses and startups and marketing, um, always had kind of been looking for, for a purpose um, to, for what I could use my skills and expertise for. Um, and uh, wanting to get my career over to education lined up pretty well with with finding um, GimKit on Product Hunt. And I, I just reached out to Josh at that point and said, uh, you know, this, this looks amazing. Um, if you need help with anything at all, um, you know, uh, advice or, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, marketing help, anything you might need help with, uh, let me know. Be happy to help. And we connected. And from there, um, I, I helped out where I could uh, as an advisor and mentor for his school project uh, for about a year and a half. And then um, January of, of um, 2019, um, joined GimKit uh, full-time uh, as uh, uh, Josh's first uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, co-worker on GimKit uh, to, to help out a little bit. What kind of team do you guys have, like between the two of you, you know, if you could think of like famous duos, like <laughs> Batman and Robin or, or something like that, how would you describe your guys' uh, teamwork there, especially in those early days? Oh, geez. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, except if one of them was, uh, was, was really smart and, and good at their job, another one was me. Uh, yeah, you yeah, you give us prep sad, I don't know who those are. <laughs> yeah, if you knew who Laurel and Hardy was, I, w- I would have been uh, really impressed. What do you think, Josh? How would you guys describe your uh, just your your teamwork? I guess when it comes to roles, even you know up till now. Well, I think we uh, we share a lot of basically the same values, but we're pretty garbage at each other's jobs. Is the best way to put it, which is good. We both have like our. Our strengths are each other's weaknesses, but we both share really similar values. So Jeff handles the business side of things. I handle product slash tech side of things. So we're we're both skilled in each of those areas, and but we come together to make some decisions where those converge sometimes. So we kind of handle the thing. We each handle the things that the other couldn't, and we come together often to to make make decisions and stuff. And and it, it works pretty well because we're we're so aligned value wise. Yeah, well, that makes sense. How big is your your team overall now? Just for more context, uh, four four people total. So Josh, myself, uh, and we have another software developer, Fadi, 
And in October, we added our fourth team member, Farlin, who is our uh, customer support representative. And uh, she's she's uh, learning a lot, taking on a lot. She, she came on right as we started um, early testing on our second product, Inc. So she's, she's not only learning GimKit, she's learning this whole other product that's brand new. Uh, she's, she's doing a great job. Uh, but four of us. Got it. Okay. Well, can you describe kind of that moment when you had another school using GimKit or the moment you launched? When did this kind of go beyond, okay, this is a great, you know, a great project. And I mean, obviously, I know Jeff came on at some point, but what was it when maybe even timeline too, the date around what time of the year when this kind of went more public? Well, I got some early feedback. I was in quote unquote beta for a little less than a month before I actually published it on Product Hunt and on Reddit. But I mean, I really started getting that feedback once I mainly posted it on Reddit because that Product Hunt community was more tech focused and it's meant for classroom use. So I started getting some feedback right away after I posted it on Reddit. And the main thing at the time was you got to change the name as it was originally called Gimlet. But one of the things that uh, Jeff first told me, which was really hard for me to hear, but it ended up totally being the right decision, was to slow down in terms of trying to share it with folks. So when I had finished this first version, I'd been working on it for about six months. And that, that's the longest I'd ever worked on a single thing. And I was ready to go and share it with everyone. Say, hey, look what I made. But it was super immature. A lot of work needed to be done. And Jeff said, hey, why don't we slow down and the four or five or 10 people that are using it right now, let's work with them and figure out what they might want to see improved, see what their students might want to see improved and just make some changes and make some updates based on their feedback. And that's what we did for a couple months. And those entire few months, I mean, basically no one, no one was using it. And it was like that for a while. And it kind of naturally just sparked around April of 2018. So what is that, like six months after the initial launch, uh, it just got talked about more in Facebook groups and there were some blog posts and it really took off from there. But up until that point, it was just a lot of product development, but very, very few people using it. Okay. Can you describe actually really quick for those who aren't familiar with it, just what is GimKit? You know, how does it work? Just like a very brief version. So we know it's a type of classroom game, but yeah, you want to describe that? Yeah, sure. It's probably worth mentioning. So yeah, so the way that it works is you as the teacher can add multiple choice questions or bring in questions that other people have written. And those questions get put into a game. And in this game, students answer questions at their own pace. And unlike some other games you might be used to, the questions repeat. So students will go through them multiple times. And as they answer questions, they'll earn a little bit of in-game cash. And that cash they can use to purchase things in the shop. And that shop is filled with upgrades, upgrades that allow you to earn more money per question, uh, upgrades for a streak bonus, multipliers, we have insurance. And then there's all sorts of fun abilities too called power-ups. And those are things like freezing another student's screen or uh, another another power-up allows you to get two times the amount of money on a single question. There's a bunch of different ones. So it's kind of a mix of communication, uh, knowledge of the content, and strategy. Right. And then students can play like individually or they can also be divided up into teams, right? Yeah, that's right. So when you play in teams, that kind of 
money aspect or how you earn cash, your entire team shares a single balance, but you all have to make your own purchases. So that's where the communication comes into play. You got to figure out who should buy what and when. And uh, it's always fun to see those conversations. And we also uh, bring in new modes all the time. So we have a bunch of unique ways to play GimKit that's beyond that version I just described. And that helps keep keep uh, keep the game interesting. Right. Yeah, different game modes for sure. I, I know that you recently had a, an exciting week, right? Because you released a new game mode. Do you want to share that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, uh, like everyone else, got really into Among Us. And I was having a ton of fun with the game. And uh, just kind of, especially given quarantine, it was just like a really perfect game, given that you just like talk with people and you're having these debates. It was like a, a great social game. And I was thinking about, I don't know, maybe there's a way to mix some of those mechanics into, into GimKit. And uh, I kind of just like mentioned that I was thinking about it and like people were on it. Like, yes, you have to do it. I'd never seen like so much uh, in, insane support for, for that idea. So I focused on it a little bit more. And uh, yeah, we, we ended up building kind of an Among Us style version into GimKit. So it's a social deduction kind of game. It's called Trust No One. And we released it this week and uh, I was super nervous. I've never been more unsure if a mode was going to work or not. There's a lot of elements that were just really hard to tell if it would actually work, but it turned out to, to be a hit and it's been really cool to see all these classes play this week, especially the, the remote ones, because it's mainly been the remote ones that have had a hard time engaging students and getting students to be involved and, and talk and this mode has helped them. So seeing that this week has been super cool. Yeah, and you you guys kind of teased this out on on Twitter a little bit with the little trailer drop that I saw. I was kind of following it and I was like, oh man, if I was in the classroom, I would totally be showing this. Um, how has it been engaging with your teacher base on social media? How has that been for you guys? It's been pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, when, usually whenever we have a new mode, like our last one was the floor is lava. That was back in October. You know, a new mode is it always uh, causes a lot of action on social media. But this has kind of been this has definitely been next level. But it's it's been um, it's been super fun to engage with people on Twitter. Right now, for this week, I've been the one on Twitter, and we 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 try to respond to folks that like leave really cool tweets. But there's just been too many this week, so. Uh, We've been reading and liking all of them, but I haven't had a chance to, to respond to all of them. But it's super cool to actually see videos of the mode. I, I, there's a lot of photos, but I love seeing videos of the mode because it's super awesome in this mode in particular to hear the discussion students are having, to hear them debating with one another, to hear the reaction to whether or not they uh, voted the imposters off, which is the objective in this mode is to find the imposters and vote them off uh, the spaceship. And uh, so I, I love seeing the videos and, and uh chatting with folks, getting feedback on that mode. We made a few small improvements this week and we'll have more next week. And just uh, seeing all that energy around a time like this where like the excitement in the classroom is re really low, it's been really nice to see. Wow. So do you guys find that um, even like tweets and stuff that you see on social media, that it informs your your design and, and even your, your scope for like the future and in long term, how does the teacher's voice impact what you guys do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Josh can chime in here. He does so much of the product development, but in general, 
we we care a great deal about what teachers say and, and teacher suggestions and and student suggestions. Um, we have we have a uh, feedback area uh, where teachers or students can leave suggestions, and we have uh, well over a thousand uh, suggestions on that site um, and that we we uh, uh, keep tabs on and we use to uh, add things into GimKit. Um, and then combine that with the feedback we get on Twitter. Um, we, um, you know, primarily develop when we make decisions about, you know, changes that we're making um, to GimKit, especially for usability on the teacher side. Uh, we're always looking at that suggestion board and then the, the feedback and conversations we get um, from, from Twitter, uh, which is our primary social media outlet. Uh, so the, the conversations we have with educators there uh, always play a big big role. Um, but, you know, Josh and I had a little bit of this conversation today, too, which is um, really trying to be uh, student-centric in um, uh, develop product development. And I think it's um, a, a lot easier. Uh, uh, you know, we are, we are in a good position there. Uh, you know, Josh uh, graduated from high school about a year and a half ago. Um, so he's still pretty connected to the um, uh, student experience uh, and and sort of is tuned into um, you know what might resonate with students. So we try to be very student centric in in the game modes for sure, um, so that um, it it really hits home and helps engage uh, students. So um, we, we're always listening to what uh, educators have to say in those conversations and and Twitter on that feedback page, and then we also have a um, a Slack group with with um, a number of educators that we talk to and uh, bounce ideas off of. All of that plays a role in the product development, but we, we try to be as student focused as possible and really think about um, engagement and then that core principle of ours, uh, our, our, our mission really of, uh, you know, it sounds corny to be like, you know, our mission is blah, blah, blah. But the, 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 the whole reason why um, Josh continued working on GimKit after high school and instead of doing something else is this idea of um, making memorable experiences for the classroom. So, you know, he talked about it at the top of being a student who, you know, felt disengaged at times with the with his educational experience. Um, so, so with GimKit, we're trying to always uh, keep students engaged by bringing in something memorable in a in a crazy, totally out there game mode like trust no one, you know, something that you wouldn't necessarily uh, think of. You take learning and mash it together with um, a video game that's that's popular in the moment, uh, being among us. Um, take, taking things like that that students just aren't used to, to seeing and have connect with them uh, in the classroom, taking that and putting it into the classroom in an authentic way. You know, it comes from a place where Josh is... Uh, um, once you know he, he's enjoying playing Among Us, and he wants to um, see that reflected in GimKit. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a way to play a game like this inside of GimKit? So it's totally authentic. It's not like, oh hey, how do we get more eyeballs, or um, how do we make sure people you know keep coming back to the app x uh, you know coming back to GimKit x number of times per per month? It's uh, totally student centric. Um, so that's a it's a long rambling answer, but we we definitely um, try to keep students at the yeah, and I definitely get get the sense of that. You know, you mentioned authenticity, and I totally agree. Just kind of from afar, watching how you guys interact, and then watching, you know, what next steps you take when it comes to updates and developments. And 
um, I see that kind of just from an observer from afar. So I just think that's so awesome. And I'm also curious. So, you know, part of the listeners on this podcast, they range from, you know, educators and kind of ed tech leaders to UX designers, product designers, um, people who are trying to start their own ed tech, you know, startups, basically products, all of that. And so I'm curious because a lot of people out there are trying to find um, exactly when you say engagement, they're trying to find ways to, yeah, increase engagement, to make memorable experiences in learning environments, especially given um, our circumstances where things have been pushed remotely. What do you think makes SkimKit different? What, why is it, why has it um, taken off, basically? Why is it, um, it's, it's standing out? And, you know, I, I would think that that's a pretty competitive, you know, to make something that actually can make its way into classrooms. And it's something that teachers will go out of their way to, to praise and to share. How'd you guys do that? Well, I think that answer might depend on who you, who you ask. But I mean, I think generally it is from the way that the game works. I mean, that's, that's what makes it so unique is you don't really get that kind of gameplay anywhere else. and that's the foundation, but I think what keeps people coming around is the fact that we do push out new stuff. I mean, we, we think of GimKit as a video game of sorts, and like if you think of any video game, it gets boring after a while. So that's why we keep that's why we keep making new modes and adding new power ups and doing stuff like that to keep to keep the game interesting. And I mean, I think you know we run a lot of experiments like this new mode was an experiment and I'm, and I'm happy it worked and i think people appreciate that the fact that we're trying trying new things and they don't always work but at least we at least we're putting new stuff out there and, and keeping things interesting and keeping students on their toes i'd say that's probably what what folks i mean especially students like most about about GimKit. Yeah, I'm, I want to take that even a little further. I'm not sure, uh, Josh, you'd ever say this, but I'm I'm happy to. Um, you know, uh, to to be totally honest, uh, Josh is more or less uninterested in you know month over month growth or like, hey, like I want to track what usage is so that we can see what people are clicking, so we can you know make sure to to emphasize those parts of the sites or you know you know that that, that kind of thought process around product development, um, uh, you know, and there is some value to analytics and, and knowing what people want in that way. Um, but, but Josh's uh, disinterest in that uh, allows him to be totally interested in what will students enjoy, what will give them um, a sense of purpose and meaning in the classroom, what will help them feel connected and engaged, what will they enjoy. Like, um, you know, I mentioned it with the trust in the one mode, but this is also the case with one of our other popular modes, Thanos mode, all of the modes really, but Thanos mode, Flores Lava, Boss Battle, the, the modes that um, are most successful come from a place of what would be super fun? What would I want to do in class if I was a student right now? Um, so it connects with where students are at. And I think um, one of the things that, that has uh, really helped our success so far uh, is that we are um, more interested in, in the, answering that question, how can we um, make learning fun and engaging and memorable than we are in, um, oh man, like last month we had these numbers and we want to try to, you know, get this many new, you know, this many new users. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the business side co-founder, but 
I don't know that Josh and I have ever had any conversations like that. Um, now, on one hand, that's because we've had so much organic growth, so it's been a luxury that we've had to have those conversations. But I also think that that organic growth comes from, you know, early on when Josh, you know, J- Josh alluded to it, but when he put Kid out as a school project, the the goal that he had at the time was, if I got 10 teachers to use this ever, I'd be excited and will have felt like it was a success and I can move on to learning my next thing. Um, so to have that goal and then, you know, go from that to, to where we are now, I think speaks a lot to Josh's um, lack of ego with, with GimKit and just the, the idea that, hey, if it's working for teachers and students, how can I make it work more rather than like, hey, I need more eyeballs, you know, month over month. Um, I think I think that's huge. And then um, also jo- Josh and I have talked a little bit about uh, in the past about how uh, GimKit is just kind of weird, you know. Um, some of the, the there's some really great ed tech tools and some really really awesome um, games out there. But we, we're by far the weirdest, you know. The the modes that we put out are weird. The things that we try are weird and different. And um, I think that that helps uh, set us apart a little bit too. I I personally am am weird. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I. I um, couldn't help but think about just the the analogy with how students pick up on things. You know, students tend to be drawn towards things that are authentic and they can pick up on, you know, when things are fake or when your motives are kind of mixed there. Um, and I definitely resonate with what you're saying about, you know, putting learning and kind of students first as your motivation and not manipulating is, is what it sounds like, you know, not using data to manipulate or to force an outcome, um, but just keeping learning at the center. I just think it's awesome. And and again, there's something about it and I can't quite put my finger on it, but as you describe it more, I'm like, yes, that's so true. There is just something about what you guys are doing that has that authentic feel. So even as a former teacher, I just definitely appreciate that. And um, I am also wanted to just dive into your vision. So, you know, you mentioned your mission, right, at GimKit is to make memorable learning experiences. And then your vision, you know, I saw was to build a suite of engaging, easy to use tools that help reshape education for teachers and students. So I'm hoping that you guys could just unpack this a little bit and then maybe even tell me what you mean by reshape, reshaping education. You can actually probably get a good glimpse of this. We we just released our that second product and it's called it's called Inc. It's actually currently as the t- at the time we're recording this in early access, but it will be out to everyone in early January. And actually, so like we're calling the game now GimKit Live, and then Inc. is called GimKit Inc. So it's all included. And that's kind of our take on writing in school. That was one of the areas where I that was like one of the strong areas that I did not like in school, like at all. Writing in school after elementary was just horrible for me. Because uh, I had to write these, I basically had to write what was already predetermined for me. Like, here's how it should look. It should be this many paragraphs, and it's about a book you don't care about, and all that, all that stuff. And uh, Ink is kind of our unique take on it. So if you want to, if you want to take a look for more information, I'll do, I'll do a quick summary. Um, it's it's gimkit.com/ink, and you can learn about it. But in terms of kind of reshaping, I mean, I think what this product does is a, a good example of that. So Inc. is a product that's all about community writing and publishing. 
So unlike most writing in school where you just turn it into your teacher, um, Ink is about sharing your writing with your entire class. And publishing is, at least was for me, is one of the things that really got me liking writing after I graduated. I was like writing on our blog and I loved it because I was actually able to share it with like real people and that was authentic in itself. So that's what originally got me thinking, how can we kind of bring that experience into schools? So Ink is uh, a place where students write and they share it with others, um, but it's also kind of a safe place to do that. To do that. You know, there's been times I've been afraid to share my piece of writing. So a student can actually publish a piece of writing and have their name hidden, but their teacher can still see their name. So teachers always know who's writing what, but students can share their work without knowing, without anyone else knowing it's their work. So it's like a halfway in between. If you're not super comfortable with publishing, they can also just share with their teacher if, if they like. So there's that foundation. And then we made a new writing format called Stories which is supposed to be a way that no one's used to writing. We have like a more traditional uh, blank page type of format that students can write in. But with that, we noticed like, well, students kind of know what a quote unquote good piece of writing looks like there. So we made this new format called Stories, which is uh, kind of step-by-step sequential writing. And uh, students have been love writing those so far um, in, in our early access. It's hard to describe over audio, but if you visit our website, um, you can you can learn a little bit more about it. And then a lot of small things like uh, uh, you can't make writing do on weekends in ink because I, mean, I we all had memories of like staying up late on a Sunday night trying to get a paper in by Monday. So we just don't allow you to make writing do on weekends. Uh, there's no grading writing inside of ink. Um, we have a safe, anonymous way for students to get feedback to one another. So it's a lot of those small touches. And like, it, I mean, again, it is putting this product out there, which is how I would want to experience writing in school. And if you, you know, from what I described, and if you visit the website, you'll kind of see how this is really different from any writing you're used to in, in, in school, um, in traditional school, I should say. So that's kind of a good example of kind of the things we want to, we want to go towards. Uh, I, I guess it's good and bad news that school is so boring and unengaging for students. It's good news because it means there's a lot of work that can be done, but it's bad because it also means you know, a lot of students are just not super engaged. Um, and, and hopefully with stuff like ink and other things people make, and hopefully stuff we'll make in the future, you know, we can kind of think about those pieces that have stood in school for so long and, and help, help transition into a way that's more student focused and in a way that gets students engaged. Anyway, long answer is ink is kind of our first step into that. It's a, it's the way that, um, me personally, I would want to write in school and then a lot of other areas to possibly explore in the future. That sounds awesome. Sounds really awesome. And it sounds like you're saying traditional, a traditional form of school needs to be reshaped. And I'm thinking backwards to how you described your own high school and how um, design thinking was woven, you know, throughout um, your, your courses and what you were doing there. Um, it kind of leads me to think, something that I've discussed on other episodes is the role of design thinking and, and just UX work in general being used in schools, how that is basically like this essential key that can really transform and unlock um, learning in a way that would be exactly how you're describing, just more engaging, something that um, students want to, to participate in. So I, I, I love that. Um, for the record, real quick, what what's the name of your school? Oh, it's a uh, Gibson Egg High School, and it's part of uh, 
the style of school is called big picture learning, which has actually been around for a little over 20 years. But there's kind of a variety of how big picture a school might be. And we're like very big picture. There's some that are like, they still do like all normal classes and they do a bit of the project based learning stuff. But I mean, ours was full on, full on projects. But yeah, it's called Gibson Egg High School. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds really, really amazing. Um, so when it comes to this vision, you know, you're kind of taking it a step at a time. What is, um, what's kind of maybe next, you know, in what ways do you, are you trying to, you know, reshape education in the near future? And maybe you can even, um, yeah, describe big ideas or short-term goals. I'm not quite sure all that you, you can, can share, but just curious, you know, because what you've already done is, is awesome and is amazing and, you know, I, I think teachers tend to measure that too by they see it in their students. You know, it's it's not just theoretical, like they see the actual results. And so I'm sure a lot of teachers, if I'm kind of um, speaking on behalf of them right now, are probably curious, you know, what else are you guys up to? Yeah, I would say, I mean, especially right now, uh, when Ink is launched with everyone, Ink's going to be a focus for a while in terms of Kind of, I mean, it's a new product, so kind of if we go back three years to when I first launched GimKit, kind of in that, that same space, you know, there's going to be a lot of room to improve, a lot of feedback to get, a lot of changes to make, and, you know, it's almost like starting over in that sense. So, I mean, we're definitely, we're definitely going to be going through that same process with, with Inc., and we're, I mean, we're already going through it, made a fair amount of changes already since uh, the initial early access period. I mean, and in terms of what happens after that, I mean... We don't really know. Uh, we made that we made that initial decision, like, hey, we want to make like a suite of tools back in. I mean, it was almost uh, actually, yeah, a little over two years ago now. I think it was uh, maybe a year and a half. I totally forgot. <laughs> I think a little more than a year and a half ago. And uh, but we we're like, we'll, we'll do the next thing whenever we feel like it's ready. And sometimes that's just like, and eh, we're kind of having fun working on what we're working on right now. You know, in, in my case, I started working on ink. Uh, we'd tossed around other ideas in the past, but some of them were too technically challenging with our small, uh, with our small team. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's just like, well, we want to focus on the game or or in this case, we may want to focus on ink. So we just don't have the capacity to do it. You know, we may feel like, all right, we've been working on this for a while. We want something to challenge ourselves. So it's kind of that, right. That it's, it's that combination of it working well for us, but also having the, the right concepts and the right problem to solve. Um, and when, whenever that comes, you know, that will come, but you know, we're not planning on anything right now. I gotcha. That makes sense. One more thing I wanted to, to circle back to is you'd mentioned, you know, all the feedback that you get from teachers. I'm curious, what have been some of maybe the major pain points, um, when, when using GimKit, let's say in the last year or so, um, and you know, how have you guys kind of maybe responded to that? Was it surprising, um, you know, the things that kind of came up? So for, for pain points this year uh, from teachers, uh, unsurprisingly, a lot of it has had to do with that switch to uh, remote learning. Um, so in March and then in the spring, what we saw as a product that, or as a, as a tool rather, that is used primarily um, uh, uh, live in the classroom in front of students and is most effective and impactful when used as a game show, as, as that kind of tool, um, we saw um, a, a, a huge shift in the way teachers were using it, 
and uh, drop off in usage um, uh, when the pandemic hit. So March, April, May uh, was the slowdown period for us. Uh, those were two huge pain points um, last spring where, you know, classes basically didn't work for anybody. The way it was set up was confusing and difficult. Um, it was especially difficult for students to get in and, uh, you know, sign up for GimKit. Uh, that whole process was uh, much more, um, a lot more steps than it is now. We've we've simplified everything. So um, I, th I think the big thing there for those pain points was uh, we took a step back and simplified as much as we could uh, for for GimKit as a whole, um, but especially for classes and assignments. And a big part of that is, um, you know, with with remote learning, um, you know, students are separated from their teachers, so teachers aren't able to sit there and help walk them through more difficult processes that might be involved in joining a class or using an assignment. Um, and since since teachers aren't there to help students, um, we, we simplified, uh, we had to simplify a lot of things, especially uh, with classes. And then to, to add on to that, I'd say one thing that's basically been a pain point from basically the beginning is just the fact that we charge for GimKit. So I, I actually started charging it charging for GimKit from the beginning. Actually, it's still the same price to this day, uh, even with incoming out. And we have like probably one of the, if not the most limited free version in, I mean, pretty much any EdTech product. Uh, the way it works for us is there is a 30-day trial and you're gonna get an extra two weeks if you need some extra time. And uh, you get access to everything. But then after, after that time, uh, you can still explore everything GimKit has to offer but you can't use it with your entire class without upgrading. So it's it's quite limited compared to a lot of other edtech products, which allow you to get by with with the with a free version. It's really tough to get by with our free version. And um, I mean that that's constantly been a uh, a pain point for for uh, the basically since since GimKit launched. Um, we we haven't uh, been able to do much about that specifically in terms of like not charging for it. We we want to to charge for it. Um, but what we don't like is having that come out of the teacher's pocket. So this year in particular, we've done a lot of work to get subscriptions covered by schools and districts, and uh, we've gotten a lot more teacher subscriptions covered by their school this year, but that's certainly been a pain point basically since GimKit has launched. And then I'd say another one is actually in regards to game modes. And by, by the time this is out, it, it will may not be, uh, too big of a pain point, but those game modes that we talked about a bit, we don't keep them around. Uh, we typically keep them in for about two weeks and then we remove them from GimKit. And uh, kind of our reasoning behind that is in the same way I talked about earlier, how just like a video game, if you play it too much, it gets boring, kind of felt the same way about these modes. If you, the mode is like always super fun in the beginning, but we thought if you play that mode too much well it's not gonna it's gonna lose its charm it's not gonna be as fun so that's that's why up, to, up until this point we've actually been removing modes and we kind of bring them back here and then um depending on the season or if just something hasn't been in for a long time so that's the way we've always done things but next week as of this recording we're going to be adding in permanent game modes so we've we have a fair amount of game modes at this point and we like to keep them in for like two weeks at a time usually so everyone has a chance to use them but given like the number of game modes we have, it actually take like a, a fair amount of time, like I think two and a half or three months if we actually wanted to cycle through all of them. That and like some game modes are a year and a half old now, like they're not 
they're they're not uh, they don't need to be as exciting as they once were. And like the most common thing we hear from teachers and students is just like, hey, don't have this mode leave. So um, next week, as of the time we're recording this, is we're going to be releasing permanent modes, and um, we're gonna basically treat modes like movie releases. I guess before the pandemic, uh, when a new mode comes out, like Trust No One, it's gonna be out for a limited time, and then we're gonna remove it. So now it's like out of theaters. It's going to be gone for a bit. And then we're going to bring it back forever as if it was on DVD. That's kind of how we're going to see. How, we're going to see how that goes. But that's how we're planning on treating modes. And I'm just curious if you had any advice for students who might want to make their, their own game, even if it's just for their own class or for their own practice. Yeah, well, what I love uh, kind of telling folks is, at least on the engineering side, when I started working on GimKit, I'd been coding for less than a year. So it's not like I'd been, you know, doing this for a bit. This was my first like full product I ever made. I mean, again, that was the reason why I wanted to to start it in the first place was to get those engineering skills. Um, and I hope that's at least a little bit inspiring to, to show you don't have to be uh, uh, coding for years and years to, to be able to build something cool. And then, I mean, I also like saying this, I am horrible at math. So when it comes to engineering, I mean, I haven't even memorized my t- times tables. So uh, it it totally depends. There's a fair amount of coding stuff that might require math. Like if you're working in gaming, uh, like 3D gaming, I should say, like that stuff definitely requires math. But uh, I was horrible at math. I'm still horrible at math. And uh, I-, I hear a lot of people say, well, I, I don't know if I can actually code because I'm horrible at math. Um, so at least on the engineering side, I mean, yeah, I'm horrible at math and I started coding when uh, I had less than a year experience and I'm in no way, shape or form like this prodigy coder. I'm, you know, eh, just an engineer. So hopefully that's a bit inspiring. Yeah, totally. Thank you. Um, Do you guys have any future game modes that you could tease here? I know you already gave big news, but. Okay. So in terms of new modes, it's kind of funny. We had a mode like ready to go right before the pandemic hit called relay mode. And, uh, Actually, we were talking earlier about how we uh, kind of use social media to determine some product decisions. And this is actually a really good example of one. So we saw people using GimKit and then they were doing relay races with their class. Like they would separate them into like three or four groups. And then they would like put like the laptops or iPads on the other side of the room. And they would like one student would run and answer a question, run back. So we're like, hey, what if we made a mode off that? So we, we did that. We got like a teacher to do a voiceover. And then the pandemic hit, like right as we finished that mode. It's kind of funny because that's one of the modes like that like requires you to be in person for that to work. So um, anyway, hopefully someday we can we can release that one. We've got ideas for modes. We don't have anything like planned at the moment. We've had ideas for like a Jeopardy style mode, which goes really well since like our game is all about earning cash for answering questions anyway. It's like a Jeopardy style mode. We've had ideas for uh, like a drawing style mode. Um, but at this moment, I mean, we just released our newest one, so we don't have anything concrete at the moment. You know, I noticed a couple of your questions, Alicia, were about, um, you know, plans that we have, you know, what, what mode do you have planned? Uh, you know, what, what do you have planned coming for next year in terms of, uh, you know, other products that, that might help you with your vision to create a suite of tools? And I think our, our answers have really demonstrated that we kind of fly by the seat of our pants. Um, and we, we don't plan out too much. And I, I wanted to highlight that um, just to say that, that that is a little bit of a design strategy. You know, it, it can come across as like, 
oh yeah, I don't know, whatever happens. But but actually, sort of the the few times that we have made plans, um, and relay mode is actually a pretty good example. Um, Josh had this great idea for this mode. Um, we had it all planned out. It was it was literally about to come out. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and it didn't make sense to bring it out. And, and instead of being hard-headed about it and, you know, saying, hey, for the few classrooms that still are there, uh, you know, we want to bring it out or whatever, we, we just shelved it. Um, but I think that is a good example of you can you can plan everything out that you want, but, but stuff happens, and, and there's always going to be something. It may not be a pandemic, but something's always going to happen. Um, so rather than have grand plans that always have to be constantly changed and reshuffled, which, to be honest, is inefficient because a small company, if we have to spend most of our time, um, you know, realigning our plans and, and it's like, man, like we're, we're spending 50% of our time just changing our plans because every time we make a plan, we have to change it a little bit. So then we have to have another meeting about the new plan and what to bring over from the old plan. So instead of, instead of that, it's uh, much more uh, efficient and effective as a small team to... Um, you know, we, we have some big, broad ideas. Uh, you know, we talked about the mission and vision of things we want to do. Um, but we let students and teachers, uh, the, the, the interactions we have with them, the feedback they have, the suggestions we get from them, um, and what we are seeing in, in the landscape and what's happening in um, classrooms and, and, you know, in, in a broader sense, what, what students are interested in. We sort of let those things dictate what we're going to do next. So. Um, uh, in a weird way, not having a plan is our plan, and it's worked for us so far. Yeah, and actually, that uh, I mean, our new mode, Among Us mode, uh, we released it less than a month after we came up with the original idea. So, I mean, I was planning on like, so we we came up with the idea early November, and this was like shortly after we shared ink. So, I mean, I was planning. I'm putting these that, that in quotations to. Uh, continue doing some ink work to get it ready for the public release but then you know like the the idea came for this kind of mode and among us was every every you know what everyone was talking about so i don't know we we, we put that to the side for a bit and, and made that mode and yeah I, I mean i think jeff's right uh we plan for very plan for very little i mean we kind of just see how things go and kind of figure out what works best when it comes along yeah, and really quick in terms of mode, I think uh, in terms of modes, I think this is kind of interesting. Our other most successful mode uh, or most popular mode, Thanos mode, was very similar. I think we we put it out of like was it like two weeks after you shared the idea with me, Josh? So you'd been thinking about it a little bit, but we talked about it, and then you built it, and then it was out two weeks later. Um, and both Thanos mode and Trust No One. I think are, are really popular for two main reasons. One, it's authentic to what Josh is interested in. So that, that care and sincerity is clear in the gameplay. It's designed by someone who cares about the Marvel universe <laughs> and, uh, and wants that mode to be fun and someone who plays Among Us and cares about that game and wants the game kit version to be really fun. Um, so there's that reason. And then also timeliness. Um, you know, if we, if we plan things out and stuck to it, especially with modes, those modes would come out and they might be okay, but they're not necessarily aligned with what students care about right now. Um, if we were on a mode schedule right now, we'd be putting out some mode that has nothing to do with Among Us, which is which is the um, you know game sort of gaming thing right now. Um, and and uh, so I, I think that's that's really interesting. <laughs> you can't sound fifty years old, Jeff. 
<laughs> the, the gaming thing right now. The, the gaming thing. It's the uh, it's what all the cool kids are talking about. <laughs> You're not fifty yet. You're not yeah. fifty yet. Uh, ne- next week, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, up until that point, I think the the uh, the point was a good one. But yeah, the uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that uh, both of those modes have that in common. So you're saying that if if somebody wants a certain mode, they need to like put pop culture references in front of Josh and like yeah, yeah, exactly. Get him excited about something, and then he'll build the mode for it. Basically, are you? Yeah, I, I just need to be advertised to all the time. Basically, <laughs> Josh, are you into um, Hamilton? Oh yeah, and we were we were just talking about this because my Spotify. Uh, what is it called? Spotify Rewind or Spotify Raps? It has been artificially inflated with Hamilton because my number two top artist of the year is the Hamilton cast. My uh, number three is um, Lin Manuel Miranda, and my number four is uh, Leslie Odom Jr. And I was into Hamilton for like a month, and I swear that there's no like from everything I else. I, I was like talking about this for. Well, minutes with the, with Jeff and the rest of the team, but like I, I was saying, there's no way those can actually be my top artists. But perhaps I did listen to that much Hamilton. So yeah, when it came out on Disney Plus, yeah, I, I got into it this year. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you, uh, you know how people sleepwalk. Maybe you were listening to it in your sleep. sleep listening, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Was, you could say I was listening to it nonstop. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a huge Hamilton fan, so I'm just gonna do my um, inception right there. Just plant the idea. <laughs> what would a Hamilton mode look like, Josh? <laughs> uh, just I, It would just be audio snippets of me in the shower and every time you get a question correct. Yeah, audio, not video, audio. <laughs> every time you get a question correct, you know, I get to sing a really high note or something or a nice little, uh, uh, nice little snippet of the song, you know, until we get sued and then we take the right. <laughs> That's that's a great plan, and I think <laughs> I think that illustrates better than anything why we don't have plans because they all be <laughs> like that one. Uh, that's awesome. Well, this has been super fun, and I hope that it just um, encourages, inspires a lot of other teachers out there, students, you know, future ed tech builders, um, everyone, everyone involved in the process. Um, I love what you're doing with GimKit, and just really, really wish you guys the best. Um, how can people? connect with you and also play game kit yeah you can find me on twitter at hamilton fan 36 <laughs> and you can find uh you can find game kit on twitter at game kit uh, i'm at jeff game kit on twitter uh my email is jeff at game kit you can talk to us anytime at hello at game kit and then uh, we are uh gimkit.com is the website so hopefully that gives people a couple couple ways to uh, send mode ideas to Josh. Yeah, or just send them to Hamilton Fan Thirty Six. <laughs> I won't get them, but Hamilton Hamilton Fan Thirty Six will get them. I'm very confused. Now my, my my real Twitter is uh, Josh Gimkit, and then my email is Josh at gimkit.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your time and and sharing this experience. And for our listeners, check out the show notes for ways to connect with the Gimkit team. And to the teachers out there who use GimKit, I've been just looking to connect with more educators on Twitter um, who use different ed tech tools in their classes. So feel free to reach out to me as well on Twitter or Instagram at UX underscore edtech or on LinkedIn as Alicia Kwan. This is the UX of EdTech podcast, an exploration of user experience in the education technology space. 
I look forward to learning with you next time.